the first time I walked in baby bunting ever. Just like, I was so over my, I walked out. I couldn't do it. And I'd never done that. She was like halfway showing me how this pram works. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm going to go. And she was like, oh, you don't want to see her? I'm like, no, I'm all good. I'm going to come back another day. Let's start this thing full. Hello, I'm Sam. And I'm Amelia. Welcome back to Us at Your Podcast. Podcast where we aim to build better mindset for better relationships. Yeah, and this week on mindset and also relationships, we are talking about fatherhood and we're bringing on a special guest who's going to share his story from the father's side of the story. So you guys may have seen a previous episode with Jackie, Jackie Ha. Uh, she introduced parenthood and the transition of that. And we thought, well, we haven't heard too much from the male's perspective or the father's side of things. So we decided to bring on a good friend of mine who has definitely gone through that journey himself with two lovely kids. Eddie Shi, welcome. Hi, everyone. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. No, thank you for joining. Just to give our listeners a little background, do you explain the background of your family, how many kids you have? And- yep. So my name is Eddie. I've got two kids. One is almost three and a half, little girl. Her name is Madeline. And the other one is Caden. So he's 10 months old. Wow. Yep. Nice. 10 months, man. So mm. we're almost hitting the one. In the ditches, <laughs> I say. Yeah. So I guess a little bit of a background with yourself, Eddie, because I know we've been friends for fucking ages and the, the eddie that i know you're very much a a man that's focused on yourself in mm. terms of your career yep building yourself individually and you are a guy who was very much like it's all about the boys yep and you know what i mean bros. for sure yep <laughs> yeah for sure explain your journey in terms of that transition from from you being the boys to you getting into the whole family and starting that well, actually, before the tra- transition, maybe give a glimpse of what you were like as a person before you had kids or what you kind of imagined your life to be. Yeah, I think I was kind of usually pretty self-motivated. I'm a self-driven guy uh, in my 20s. And, you know, everyone goes through the same thing of uni and then the career progression. But then, like, you know, I was very much like uh, it was always making some money, holidaying, enjoying good food gone to nice restaurants, like I went to all different places around the world, did numerous car things, all sorts of stuff, shooting guns and you were like anything you've done, I pretty much have done it pre-kids, sure. And uh, my wife and I, we were foodies, so we used to, we loved going out to eat and trying different types of food. So that was our big main focus when we were kids. I was kidless. Kid, kidless. Kidless. <laughs> yeah. Was always sort of uh, ourselves, and my wife is also quite driven herself. Um, she's Canadian, so she's travelled halfway across the world to study before she met me, um, and she's also progressed in her career as well. So it's all pre kids, uh, very much about your self focus. It was always about working, earning money, the cars, going on holidays. But we knew the kids were on the horizon, but um, that at the same time. We knew that we had to do things that we sort of really wanted. Kind of like get out of the system I mean, in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. And I went back to uni at some stage as well. I went and did a, more studying and that was a different, whole different journey again. 
but it was very much self-focused. I think that was the main thing. And I'm the youngest of my entire family. So I didn't grow up with little kids. So that's a big transition for me. Yeah. So then when, when you obviously transition to being a full family, you guys basically found out, okay, but your wife's pregnant. What was your feelings and thoughts during that point in time in that moment? I think it was a bit of like excitement, but fear because you can't really, can't really plan for it. You can plan certain types of things for it, but then you just, it's like a bit of lottery. You don't know what sort of children or child you're going to get. You know, they might have a you know, great life before kids and they end up with a disabled kid, you know, and that changes their life. Right. So, you know, you, you kind of like have this fear of like, you don't know how this is going to plan out. I've always been, been a very long-term planner. So I've mm. always planned things ahead of time, whether it's like traveling or like career progression or like whatever as a visionary for kids because you don't know. You can only prepare a certain amount as is, but can't prepare what's coming. So when you're in that preparation stage did you do a lot of like research to read up about like, um, what to do as a father kind of but not really <laughs> uh i think there's a lot of resources for mothers that's the reality but for fathers seems to be and that's just my personal experience not neglected but glance over it i guess people always say oh father's just come along for the ride because the mother's one that does the birthing pregnancy she deals with the morning sickness and people go oh well, father's just coming for a ride but a lot of times, like, people don't actually, like, they still instill the same fear for guys, but yeah. it's never sort of looked upon, I suppose. Like, not as much resources as, like, the, no, I don't, the mother. I, well, I don't think it is. So I, I dealt with it by, I had a really close friend who had two kids at the time. He's gone on, they've gone on to have a third. And I, I suppose, talked to him about his journey. And he's a doctor. So he's even more had to sort of go through this life thing with more extra baggages and more extra stuff to go with um and i kind of just chat to him about parenting he gave me a big book as well. oh, wow that was thick as like geez uh and that's been a great resource but i kind of i'm not a big reader at night time i i tend to enjoy my own time at night time uh but the book becomes a guideline it's like schooling what the book tells you is not <laughs> the reality of yeah it's not like a one size fit all that's right thing. exactly yeah they give you, oh, this may happen of this, but it doesn't, you kind of have to work it as you go through. Was that book also dedicated to like fatherhood or was it just like a general? <laughs> it's a real generalized uh, parenting book about all the different stages of development for children. Okay. Right. And he was, he said that was his Bible going, okay. like when <laughs> he was going through with his kids. Yeah. yeah. But it also, I think he also had to work out juggling work and exams and young children. Like he has to work out his way of dealing with dealing with that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that was my only resource. My wife read a lot. Instagram, for some reason, also has a, a lot of these random little tips. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. Okay. But fathers generally, I find not not a lot. And how did that make you feel though, when you couldn't really find as much resource? Yeah, it creates this uncertainty, right? So I think um, for me, I went through. Probably not a, not a bit of a low, but more so like like you just don't, can't anticipate anything because I'm such a planner. So it's very hard for me to like. Was it like a bit of anxiousness? Yeah, anxiety. So I was actually very, I can recall now, I was very, very quiet at work to the point where like, not that I, it was 
stopping me from doing my job, but to the point where my colleagues realized I was a bit different, a bit sure. off. Yeah. You know, I had a, I had a um, team, team in charge who actually said to me, Eddie, are you, are you all right? Is everything going okay? And I was like, oh, you know, yeah. Just, I, I suppose just dealing through the motions of what to expect next. You don't know. Yeah. But you cannot plan things that you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So I think to, for me personally, it was a bit of a, a bit of a journey to get through that myself. But you can do everything in terms of preparation beforehand. So you can do all the checks and the, all that sort of stuff. Make sure you get the right healthcare people. Uh, but, but mentally, it's, yeah. it's really hard to prep, at least in my experience. Mm. Right? So when you're like quiet or when you're sitting at work, was it just like thinking through like, what should I do? What I think so. Yeah, it was more so like uh, what's going to happen? What does family life look like? Because for us, as I say previously, we were always, they call them dinks, right? Double income, no kids. Right? <laughs> Right, you don't become no kids. You do whatever you want. You you can leave the house whenever you want. There's nothing nothing stopping you. You don't have to think ahead of stuff. You just you just go and do it. You want to go somewhere tomorrow? You book and you go. You know, yeah. there's no there's nothing. Yeah, there's no consideration. But whereas, like for me, it was more like, what does family life look like? And I'm the only child, so I don't have siblings, right? So all I know is family life with my parents, mm. right? But what does family life look like at that stage? I, you really don't know. You start to question and you go, oh, that's, that's interesting. Like, how is this going to pan out next year? And it was through pandemic. Yeah, true. Wow. Right? So that was 2020. Mm. How are you going to navigate through that? Yeah. Dealing with all that, like that babying and then the pandemic, the work, and a lot of changes. Did you have like a lot of negative thoughts? Um, Because it would have been obviously with the pandemic going yeah, on. and Not. Not so much like negative, like depression thoughts, but it was very much like you kind of go, well, is it the timing? Did I time it right? Is it the right time to have kids? Like you kind of start looking at that. You're like, oh, okay. But then there is really no right time to have kids. Mm. Like, yep. I don't actually think guys will ever be prepped. Yeah. Out of all our times. friends, I think mentally, I think guys are just not prepped to gear to go, oh, yeah, like, we know exactly this is going to happen. If you gave us a choice, I reckon majority of the kids, not saying all, but majority of the guys will probably be happy just chilling, enjoying the cars, enjoying going out eating, going out having fun and going out drinking with the boys, whatever, right? But it's never a family. There's a selective few, and I can think of, I know our friends, there's a selective few that are really into keen, the, keen to have the kids. Yeah. I don't think I was one of them for mm. sure. I think I don't. I, I think I kind of had to grow into that role model. Can I like know, just grow, get growing, thrown into yeah, the deep right. end? Then you get like, thrown into the deep end. Yeah, and, and just see how what happens. I knew when I um uh, when we found out, I was actually at the gym. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. So what did did your wife just go? Hey. Yeah. News. So I so I was actually talking to Tony. Right. Oh okay. So we were we we're doing F forty five. We had just done a Saturday session. I remember this day very well. Saturday session. It was. Hot as hell. Like, it was so hot. I remember we were chatting. Tony and I usually chat after the session. And I get this phone call. And it was from Julie. And she's like, oh, hey, can you um just, we've got things to talk about. Can you come home? And I thought it was like, I said, oh, is anything, is something wrong? She goes, no, no, nothing, nothing's wrong. Just, yeah, just come home when you can. And I was like, oh, oh sounds okay, bad. that sounds really <laughs> bad. Like something either happened to the dog or to the house or. I don't know what. So I jumped in the car and I rushed home. But in that 
in that process of that five minutes getting home, you start to go through the process that you're like, oh, is the pregnancy? Is it the, and you start, and I had a feeling it was going to be that anyway. So I had some preparation, but it was like in your head, you're like, okay, what is this going to, this is really happening. Mm. This is it, right? This is, this is the cutoff. This is what you'll always remember as the day that you find out. Oh. At the gym doing yeah. yeah, right. F45. And see, I'll never forget that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what the conversation with Tony is about, but I remember the conversation <laughs> then there with the phone, right? Like, you know, I roll up and then she just basically held up a, a pregnancy stick <laughs> in my face. And like, yeah, surprise, <laughs> motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. But I knew, like, because you're already geared going forward, coming home, and you're like, okay, this is probably going to be it. And my wife went through, uh, so Julie went through sort of this, roller coaster ride of like pregnancy because people want to get pregnant doesn't always happen mm. so you'll hear stories among all our friends like they just because they want to doesn't mean it'll happen straight away yeah there's a lot of prep work there's a lot of things that key indicators like for women that you have to you have to know uh, before you, you remotely even get that far um and and some people don't even make it there because they don't track things right or you know like yeah and so like she went through this motion. And, you know, it was funny. Um, our friends, you know, Sean, Sean and Nita, they actually found out they were pregnant with Chase first. Uh, so they announced it at dinner, like, literally three or four days before that. And she went home crying. So on the way home, she was crying because she's like, this is, we're never going to have kids. This is like, you know, da, 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 da. but at the time, we, we were already con- well, we just didn't know, but we didn't. Yeah. Know. Now we think of it is that the hormones that was like riding that, yeah. Mm. And we actually didn't know. So we, when we found out too, a couple of days before that, we were away from a trip. We were at actually a really nice restaurant, and we normally order some wine, but she didn't want any, uh, and she thought that was the weirdest thing. Like she's like, oh, normally what she smelled it, and she's like, oh, I'm just not yeah, feeling no, it. I'm not feeling the wine today. So I was like, all right, cool. So I drank mine. But it turned out is because she was already pregnant. So there already it was signs going forward. Sure. You just don't know, right? But in your head as a guy, you're like, oh, yeah. And then like drive home from the gym. You're like, ah, okay, is it all this? It's starting to piece together. So for me, it's that, that mind of like, okay, I have to kick into gear now. There's, mm. there's someone along the way. Yeah. Going back to a bit of what you said, like guys are just never ready or yeah. they never had that mindset. It's like, okay, let's like start a family. So once you had your first child did anything change where you're like oh this isn't so bad or like this is actually rewarding like (laughs) (laughs) that face yeah can can i be honest i think you can ask any parents in the first three months and they will no one will tell you that it is the greatest experience of their life i i I mean that's very generalized um speaking but obviously there's good there's i don't get me wrong there's there's definitely good times and there's rewarding times. but like at least the first three months is probably like you are solid in the trenches like you are just fighting for survival because you don't know what as new parents you don't know what you're doing Mm. like baby's crying but you go through emotions you basically go through emotions there's a nappy is it the feeding is it the you know so yeah like it's you never i don't think i was ever like oh yeah this is this is great well it's not as bad as i thought (laughs) no i like and that's just honesty thing. Like saying is like, it was very, it was very tough. I would probably say of all the things I've done, like uni and the job or whatever, like that is probably the toughest thing anyone I think can ever go through is parenting because it, there is no handbook, no book in the world can know. No what thick handbook. There is no thick, <laughs> it's just a guideline, right? But there's no, there's no manual. They don't come, 
you know, you buy something, comes with a manual. Yeah. You have a kit. It doesn't come with a manual. It's not IKEA. It, it, is, it is. It is. And it's, it's a reflection of yourself, right? So you go, oh, well, this is fresh and blood. Like, this is you. This is the next generation of you. You, yeah. Mm. So there's no manual, but you have to kind of work it out. Yeah. Additional question, though, because you have a dog. And you yes. had that dog before you had a kid. Some people say that if you have a dog first, it kind of preps you in terms of knowing how to handle a newborn. Do mm. you think that's true or? To a degree, yes. But the difference is that you can leave a dog at home. But you can't leave a baby at home. <laughs> like you want to go somewhere. Yeah, you've got to go with, like it's got to go with you everywhere. Right? Yeah. You no longer can just go, oh, I'm going to go out to the movies and I'm just going to leave your dog at home. But the prep, the prep work, yes and no. Like you still go through the, the crying, the whinging of like the puppies and stuff and like the, the training. But because dogs grow out of faster rate than babies, right? So yeah, you kind yeah. of, they mature quicker. Um, and they learn, they learn from nonverbal cues, facial emotions or your gesture. Whereas babies take a lot more time to do that. Yeah. The length of time, you end up dragging that for longer. Yeah. Whereas I think with dogs, like you get a sense of each other's ways of doing something, understanding. Yeah. 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 Just through, you know, less than a year of interaction. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. No, that, the dog thing I've, I've heard people say numerous times is if you're, if you're preparing to have a family, get a dog first. So at least you can ride that out, understand how to bring a kid. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. How to look after something. Something. Yeah. yeah. But, but there's still, I mean, there's still, like I said, there's still that sort of leniency because at the end of the day, a dog's a pet, right? It's not a, a human being that, that you really got to care for. Not that you don't a care nurture. for your dog, but like, yeah. Like you leave a bottle next to a baby, <laughs> they're not going to do anything. <laughs> know, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You still have to care a, a lot more effort into say. But yeah, you're right. It does gear you up. Uh, to a degree, to look after a, hum- a small human being. It's that extra nurturing of care. Here's an interesting thing. I always thought that you love your pet dog, like the love, the affection you think you give to your pets would be the same for you do for your kids. But it, I had a workman that told me it's completely different. She went through the same thing, right? And I was like, nah, nah, that's... I was like, it'll be the same. Like, I love my dog just as much. <laughs> but it actually is actually, it's a different... I think humans, the way you love pets, You'll never be the same as if you love your own children. Can you explain that a yeah. bit more? It's hard because I think emotionally, like, I don't know if it's just this attachment thing that you know it's your own children. Right. By nature, you you still show the same affectionate. It's like the love, affection and nurturing and nurturing and stuff. Mm. But you, you it's, attachment yeah, it's a different, is different. It's a different feeling. It actually is. Like, I didn't understand until I had my own kids. Right. Because I hear that there's, there's some people out there that don't want kids which is fine, but they have pets Pet as companions. And yeah. I've heard that they would treat their pets just like as if they yeah. were their child. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I certainly did that for my dog. But the affection and the love that you get from that, even though the dog shows you unconditional love, it's completely different when it's your own children. It is just something, it's a feeling that you cannot explain. It's um, Once you have your own kids, then you'll understand it. As in, like, it's like an overwhelming of love and care. Yeah, you, you just kind of go, like, as a guy, you'll go, oh, actually, that makes sense. And actually, I would do anything for my kids. Whereas previously, I didn't, I probably wouldn't be like, ah, oh, no, nah, children is just part of an extension of you. Like, whatever. So you would say that the Eddie you pre your kids 
your mindset towards kids has really changed Absolutely. after having. I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. And I think if you ask my in-laws, they definitely see a change. And if you ask my parents or even Julie, you'll you'll hear that I've not so much mellowed out, but like changed uh, my perception. Not that I was anti-kids previously, yeah. Mm. But like, like even my mate Sean's kids, they used to just toss Nicholas in my arm, but I would have no idea. Like, I'd just be like. Yeah, what do you do kind of thing, yeah. You don't know what to do with a baby. And I've never grown up with little kids. Like I said, I was the youngest in my family um, in my entire generation. So I never had little kids growing up. I had cousins on my mum's side. Like we kind of, when I moved to Australia, we kind of went far apart. But then, you know, it, it's it's different. I, I can't explain the feeling, but it was one of those, like, all my workmate said to me was, you'll know when you when you know. <laughs> right? And I'm like, what the that, know, sound, you know. that sounds like a lot of load of BS to me. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but the reality is, it's a weird sensation. It's like this bond, eh? Yeah, it's a have. bond. It's it's a weird bond. It's a different bond than if you bond with your with your dog, which I thought initially is the same. Yeah, because I think the Eddie that I knew back in the days, like I I wouldn't have thought you wanted kids at all. Uh, yeah, I think it's the fact I never had the opportunity to actually ask you, hey, did you ever want kids? But yeah. I think your mindset and, and your focus at the time was very much, yep, I'm very focused on myself, which is there's nothing wrong with that. The situations where you say, hey, when you're, you know, Sean, I would throw his kid at you and you'd be like, oh, what the fuck do I do? Like, I kind of relate to that because I'm like, I would probably be the same thing. Yeah. If someone was to throw me there, baby, like, holy shit, what yeah. the fuck do I do? It's yeah. like girls are usually like, oh, my God, so cute. That's right. And like, exactly. Yeah. And guys and are just like, um. <laughs> yeah, because guys kind of, I think nat- humans, like boys will never have the same nurturing effect that girls do. At the end of the day, that's just, that's just it. Like <laughs> yeah. we don't have the same nurturing effect. Like, and if you even look at it now, like if Maddie's absolutely crying and whatever, she'll ask her mum. She'll never ask her dad. Well, she sometimes, but. <laughs> Like the mother's love for their kids is different again, but per se, it's the it's the bond that you develop with your kids. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, while we're talking about how like if Maddie was running to like your wife, how did you imagine like before all the kids happened and you're looking getting into like parenting? Mm. How did you imagine your own parenting style would be? Three kids. Yeah, like what did oh, you right. imagine you to be like as a parent? I think I've always been very. Strict with rules and stuff, just because I grew up in a not a very strict household, but my parents knew when to be strict and when to give me some leeway. And I think I sometimes took a little bit of advantage of that. But I always, you know, you guys know me, I'm very pedantic about certain things um, when it comes to things around the house or like car or like whatever it is, like habits and behaviors. Yeah. yeah. And so I've always sort of envisioned myself as a very strict father. And then now, yeah, as I, I, I've, I'm still, I'm still quite strict, but I've, I've, I think I'm a bit more balanced. Yeah. And I think raising girls is very different. And I think raising girls they're more emotional, so you can't always be very strict about, oh, you got to do it this way. They can actually rebel against that, especially even at a young age. Mm. Well, at least for Maddie, anyway, like she gets really big emotions and she's stubborn. Right. So you can't being strict doesn't always work for her because it will actually have the opposite effect. Yeah. So if I've learned to be a little bit more softer, gentle approach. Like balanced. some give and take. Yeah. And I don't know. And this is just me. You remember there was that show, the parenting, is it parental guidance or something on TV? Mm. Yep. It shows all the different styles of parenting. And I've realized this. I realized that there is not a single parenting style that fits one different children. 
Mm. Every kid has a different behavior. They have different emotions, different personalities. And I don't actually think, I mean, I, I, didn't, I don't watch reality TV shows, but I watch a little bit of that. And I gather that you need a mixture of different styles because every kid is very different. Yeah, it makes sense too because like personalities are so different right. with each individual, even though they are babies or kids, like they're still different people right. in the yeah, end. So. Exactly right. I've came into it, but I realized that, you know, Julie and I have very different parenting styles, but you have to find a way to complement each other. Mm. Like she's she's very like gentle. I'm more lenient. Mm, that's right. So she's had to learn the stricter side for me. But I've had to learn the softer side from her because my strict stuff might not always necessarily work. Yeah. How did you guys start to learn or fuse that together? Like, did you have to sit down and talk about it? Or just um, like trial? It's a lot of trial and error. And I think our relationship as a couple always has changed as well since we've had kids. So, like, what you, what you know as a couple, you might date and then you might get engaged you know, travel and then you got married, whatever, and then you might live two years married life like you guys, right? <laughs> and then you'll go, oh, I have kids. And it's like it, it actually changes your relationship together. So, like, for example, we never used to argue, but because we had kids, we had to – we argued about certain things of the way we do things. Mm. And that comes down to the different style. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's a different parenting style, a different habit of doing things that we've never had to do before. But now it's like, oh, wow, this is, I can't even think of an example right now, but um, just things around raising Maddie, I, I don't like mess. So I get, get really crazy and I almost have like OCD, but we just learn to compliment each other. So like if there's a bit of a mess, like, you know, Julie might just like clean a little bit up or like whatever, because she knows that annoys me. And equally, I might do some things that help her out. So it's a bit of a compliment around. Like you kind of have to work that out together as a couple. And I mean, I, I was, I mean, I'm the impression that, you know, I don't know if uh, some couples probably the hardest journey is probably when they're having kids. Yeah. yeah. It's readjusting. Like, and yeah. Really I feel like that's yeah. like the toughest time. And it really puts, like if your relationship is on a bar, like it really bent, <laughs> you're really bending the bar. Some like, heavy deadlifts. Yeah, there's some heavy deadlifts. <laughs> That's right, because you're really pushing that boundaries. Yeah. Because like even as a couple, you could be when you're dating or whatever, or even as a married couple, you know, you can you're still technically separate. You know, if you get what I mean, like you can still do things separate. Like you guys can go gym separately or whatever. You can go hang out with your friends or you can go hang out with your, and it wouldn't really matter. Or you do things like. You can, you're still separate entities even though you're together. Mm. But then when you got this common person, little person, that you know that's a combination of both of you guys, then it really becomes this interaction of you trying to meld. You're trying to merge the two, together. make it work. Yeah, that's it. right. Because you each have your own thought process of how you want to do things. Yeah, and it's also like what you've grew up knowing as that's well. Right, and exactly. you're like, this is how my parent taught yeah. me. Yep. And like, exactly she might right. have a different view as well. Yeah, that, that all comes into play. Yeah. Was there any times where you had to completely compromise and just be like, okay, let's just uh, do it your way or like vice versa? Yeah, I think all the time. I think we do that all the time. Being, being compliment of each other through the tough times. At least, I, I think for kids, at least the first five years, yeah, And again, a very generalized thought here, but I reckon most marriages that are stressful is probably that first five years of the kids. That's my generalized thought yeah. process because it certainly is pushing that boundary of your relationship together. Yeah. 
Has it gotten easier now that now you've got a second child? You kind of know what to do in a way. Uh, can I be honest and say no? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, because it's another dynamic again. You're throwing another another little human being in there. You are juggling the act even more. So, for example, we've had to then switch roles compared to what we used to do. So, I've had to take on a lot more role looking after Maddie because she's a bit older. All that sort of stuff. Like I, I might bath even more so now because Jules had to take care of the little baby. Mm. Yeah. So you pick up a lot more responsibilities. Responsibilities yeah. around the household, and like, and for example, um, the other thing is I never, not that I never picked up Maddie, but for the longest time when she was at daycare, as, as Julie was always doing the rounds, right? I didn't really have. To, so for the longest time, I actually didn't have a baby seat in my car because I feel like, oh, there's no really. Didn't really any need yeah but then when Caden came along we really had to do that reshuffling again and i've had to take on more resources like go and pick her up a lot more and you know so as a dad you change roles again so you're always like adjusting and now that maddie's a bit older it probably is a little bit easier but you're dealing with it's never really you just start to understand what to do what not to do yeah that's right that's right and we just we compliment each other around the household whereas previously i probably didn't have to or like I might help out a little bit, but now it's like you really have to pick up each other's slack. Yeah, makes sense. So. Yeah. So your dynamics of that when you have the second child again changes again. Mm. So. so throughout that process, because like just from what I know and like talking to like friends and stuff, like you said, the first three months, the what's it called? The moms are the ones that are nurturing because they like physically have to breastfeed or yep. like do all that. Yep. Did you ever feel a bit like left out or like just not as connected um, to your wife oh with maddie no just, just like to your wife and like just um, family felt a bit disconnected yeah probably in the beginning because you kind of still finding that footing of like what to do i know we went through a lot of like um trouble with breastfeeding and stuff with maddie as a dad there's not much more you can do what yeah. can you do like emotional support you offer some emotional support um, but then, like the reality is, is like you, it's not much. There's not much you can do. You yeah. try and you you can you know help out by taking them to the appointments. I don't like you know or taking them to these like uh, community healthcare places, which are available for little kids, and just just try to tro- pro- problem solve. I yeah. think mm. together, yeah, um, is probably the biggest thing. Trying to problem solve like together how to how to make things easier. Um, so you're not yeah going backwards, actually going forwards. So kind of like just letting them know that you're there to help even though That's you right. can't physically help right. but like it's yeah. just like i'm here if yeah. you need yeah so i mean and and i'll just i suppose in that first three months i'll just pick up things along the way like you know like asians do confinement the whole month right so mm-hmm. like in the whole month like i did a whole bunch of stuff just to help things easier in that transition period around the house like cleaning house or doing the cooking, which I it's not my best forte, but I'll get a meal out there. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we won't starve, I guess. Mm. But in terms of like naturally you kind of drift apart a little bit because of like just how busy everything is, was there anything that you personally tried to help the relationship or like create a better bond? So uh, not not till not till when Maddie was a little bit older, in my mind. I feel like at that twin time because you're always you're t- you're playing that survival mode. No one's in the mood or anything because you're tired. Yeah. So you drift apart a little bit. But once that routine was set in place, we started doing like monthly dates. Oh, yeah. So we started nice. going out to like 
dinners, like movies, just so that you keep that kindle of the relationship the relationship going. I'm not saying we kept it up. We did it for a couple of months, and then now with the <laughs> it's even harder with Kanan again. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we certainly tried to like keep it up as much as we possibly can because you do feel that disconnect mm. for sure. Like you just start to become like team members, and you're just that's like right because you're trying to work to each yeah. other to just sort of survive, really. <laughs> so with Maddie, I used to wake up when she woke up to feed, but then I'd find myself sitting there and I'd be like, "What, what do I do? What do I do?" <laughs> yeah. So I just like went back to bed. I took like eight. Well, sorry, I took six weeks off when Maddie was born. Um, but then I cut my hand, and then yeah. I ended up having another two weeks. So I became actually even useless when I cut my hand because oh. I needed surgery. Yeah. yeah, so I became useless. But then, like you know, you feel bad because you're like, there's stuff that around the house that needs doing, but, but you couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Yeah, mm. you know, I was in a cast for like two weeks. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, certainly, I think there's that, there's that, they build that disconnect in the, in the beginning for at least for us as a couple. And that, and I and I feel like, and again, that's a very generalized thought process, but maybe that's when like a lot of mums fall into that sort of postnatal thing, like depression thing is like yeah like, it kind of get like disconnected there's from, just so much going on yeah, in general. yeah yeah for sure especially if it's your firstborn but there's there's definitely a lot of support at least in australia for mums i think dads i feel like we're just tough through the the um the process and we deal with it by and most guys have different hobbies that they turn to mm. like cars and that sort of stuff i feel like guys do need a bit of time sometimes themselves yeah just to away from that chaos and it brings them sort of back in yeah recharged and you're kind of ready to go again yeah but i think that's important too just for anyone it's just like it's more or so that message where you need to have time for yourself even if it's like that five ten minutes or like however much time you get to recharge and reset then get back and then you can be like okay i can do this but the counter argument is that the mum's always like well i never get to yeah Mm. yeah. because they're like because they're well, constantly. That's right. They're like, well, when something. am I ever going to break? Yeah, that's what Julie says all the time. And she's like, you always, always <laughs> after your boy's trip, but I never get anything. Like, yeah, I true. don't get the same thing. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I do get it. Mm. So, you know, you just try to support. I feel like the toughest time for parenting is like, well, in, at least in that beginning, is that first three months is like, you just. Really hard, eh? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I lost some memory there. It's just, it's great. And I've read if you ask a lot of parents what the first three months of it is, it's just great. Yeah. You so, don't you don't know what happened. Like, yeah. So do you yeah. think, like, in terms of mindset, going yeah. into that first three months, it's like just having the understanding that there'll be a lot going on and that, like, not everything's perfect and relationship might drift apart. Do you think yeah. that would help any new parent or, like, just new fathers to be like, okay, this is kind of what to expect or what might happen? I think so. And I think I didn't know what I was getting into for sure. Like I say, I'm always a planner. So for me, that was the hardest time, like in terms of you don't know what it's going to look like. So you felt helpless the whole time? like Well, at least at first, yeah, at yeah. least the first three months is pretty, yeah. I think as a guy, you go through this pretty rough journey of, I don't know what's going on here. Did you ever like, seek support from someone or? Not really. I, I feel like I've been self-driven. Yeah gets me emotionally strong enough to work out these little kinks and stuff going forward. I think that's my strong suit. But some people, I can see how some people will fall out of that if they don't. They can, mm. they, they can kind of get lost a bit before they kind of get better. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I feel like the only way to get around that is always just chatting to people that had people kids. that had kids. Yeah. Because I feel like that's the only way you can kind of understand if you're on the same, like you feel at least feel a bit better. Yeah. When you talk to someone who's been through that journey, you yeah, kind of yeah. go, oh, yeah, like, okay, we're on the same path. Like, we're not idiots. Like, and at the end of the day, I mean, you have a very simple job. Just don't let your kid die. Like, that's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I know, like, as much as it sounds really silly, but that's just it. Like, you, you know, you go through emotion, you got to make sure that they, they eat and, and sleep. They're sleeping. You gotta make sure that they're like what they call SIDS, which is sudden infant death. I didn't learn that until I had kids. Mm. A SID is a condition when right. kids can. There's no really reasoning behind it, but they can be just sleeping. You know, maybe something's like suffocating over during the night, and they stop breathing, and you end up with shit. I didn't you know, even know that. Yeah, yeah, that's what they call sudden sudden infant death. Wow, it's a syndrome. Yeah, it's, it actually is a it's a thing, and I didn't know about how serious. But I think in Australia they're sort of overemphasizes on SIDS and I know there's probably people that's had tragedies of kids that's probably passed away because of SIDS but Australia like really drills that in. and I, you know stuff like that like you don't know and no one taught you that until you actually have a baby then and they go oh by the way this is the, there's a thing called SIDS <laughs> by the way uh, just Congratulations. make sure that's right <laughs> just make sure they don't uh, suffocate at night time and you always have this fear like oh am I doing things right yeah am I- true that makes it hard then because, yeah. you know what I mean, like it's constantly in your in your mind. That's right. And you're like fucking, oh, you're over-preparing, you're like freaking out and you're like yeah. anxious and shit. That's right. So it's like it's hard. It's like you can prepare but you can't prepare. You can prepare certain things but you cannot. Yeah, it's one of those like things that you kind of have to work out along the way. Like yeah. you just. Yeah. That's why I always hear people say like when you're transitioning to a parent, you just have to do your best to be the best parent that you can be. That's right because at the end of the day, they, are, they see you as a role model. Yeah. And I've always thought of it myself that way. It's like, what actions am I doing? You know, and even today, this morning, like you see it, like Maddie's actions are a reflection of Julie and I. Yeah, yeah. Because you are all they know, at least for the first couple of years. So they model and say things. It's a reflection of you guys. Yeah, Mm. yeah. that's right. So, and I always remember this, right? There's a classic one in that, um, that parental guidance episode. There was a parent there that was like very strict parenting. And they had an exercise where they reversed the role. So they get them to, be, I think, go through like daily motions of what happens at house in the house, but they reverse. So the, the, the parents became kids and the kids became parents, <laughs> right? So these kids end up going to the kitchen and they started going around like wooden spoons and all that sort of stuff. And they're like, go and do this, go and do that. And then they're like, oh, if you don't do this, I'm going to hit you. You know, like mm. I had, I watched the episode and I had a revelation. I was like, oh, wow, like actually, like we have such an impact on them when they're young. When the roles are reversed, you're like, whoa, like, okay, maybe yeah. should I be really doing that that way? Or gives you a perspective. Yeah. A perspective. Of like how yeah, yeah how true that's it can right. be. Yeah. That's right. So it, yeah. To me it's like I always thought of it as like, how do I be the best role model for my kids? Again, I'm not perfect. <laughs> and Maddie has sworn, right? She, oh really? Yeah. Because Sometimes I'll go, you, yeah, know, you let it oh slip. shit or whatever. Yeah. Like, what did you do when she swears? I think you try and keep very calm, right? And you go, <laughs> and you just tell her, like, oh, that's actually a, a, a grown up, it's a grown up word. And I mm. said, oh, it's a grown up word. You hear us say it, but it's, we probably sh- shouldn't be saying it. Mm. You know, you just explain to her. At the end of the day, swearing, I mean, in my opinion, it's a part of expression language yes. in our brain. Whether we like it or not, they're going to learn that at school. So, yeah. 
I mean, it's going to happen at some stage. It's just how we channel it and how we teach them that, hey, look, that, that's a bad word. Mm. Yeah. Say it when you're frustrated. Sure. Stuff like that, you're like, oh, okay. Did my parents tell me that? Mm. No, I, I can't remember, but maybe they did. So that's what I mean. All these like subtle stuff that you as a parent, it can have such a dramatic in- influence on little kids in, in their adolescence. Which you don't really realize, hey. You, you know, don't realize it's it. It's time to- and some kids, and you know, you might get a dead shit by the time they're like 13 and you're like, ah. Oh, what do you do? Is it reflective <laughs> of their own parenting? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. hard to say. It is. Yeah. But speaking of lessons though, is yeah. there anything that your kids have actually taught you instead? Like say like patience or. Yeah. Um, I think like, I mean, Maddie has taught me to be very sort of calm. Mm. Is probably the word calm and less picky about stuff. Because at the end of the day, like, things can be fixed. As much as I, like, I, I'm, I'm a person that, like, when things go wrong, I want to fix it right away. But that is not always the case. Like, patience is one. Mm. And just fi- being in their shoes as little kids, they have big emotions. Like, how do we channel those emotions? Or how do we explain why they're feeling that emotions? And so for me, it's always, like, I don't know, like, mellow down a bit. Just be more open and understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's right i think there was one that you mentioned we because we caught up recently yeah uh and you're mentioning how you came home and you just jumped straight to the gun and you started yelling at maddie oh yeah (laughs) yep and that was a big lesson for you as well yep so stuff like that is like i I look back at that and go well i've just came into that picture i don't know what's going on but i let that my emotions drive that because i was like tired or whatever yeah yeah and you're right i've had to reflect on that myself and gone, okay, I need to see it from their perspective. I can't always be coming home and just yelling at them for stuff on the table, on the, on the ground or their bag or whatever. Like um, I've had to step one step backwards sometimes for a lot of these situations, even though sometimes I'm very emotionally charged straight away. No reactive in a way. Reactive. Yeah. But I've had to sometimes just go, okay, chill out, chill out for a second. And it's good to have a partner who was Julie's in a sense that she, she will tell me to go away. And chill <laughs> because she knows that you're like out of line as, as a dad, mm. you know, like she'll go, why don't you just go and hang out like in an office somewhere, do something else. Take a breather. Come, take a breather before you come back and you yell at us for stuff. And I, I, I think to me is like, I've had to, yeah, like take a step backwards on all these situations. And cause I'm always, I need to get stuff done. Like, yeah. a, like if something's wrong, I always want to fix it you straight fix away. It, yeah, yeah. I'm not a person. And you know me, like all my old car stuff, as soon as there's a scratch, I'm off of the panel shop. You know, stuff like that. It's like stuff like that. Is there a problem? You know, I want to get it done. It doesn't matter what it costs at what cost. I'm very driven. I want to get it done straight away. Yeah. So like if Manny's done something bad or whatever, like I'm always straight away on the trying to discipline her. But then like same time, like, hang on, I don't see it from their perspective sometimes. Do you mind explaining that one yeah, the story? Context of the story. The one um, that happened? Oh, on, the, on that night? Oh yeah, so I think um, I mean there's so many of these examples, right? But like, <laughs> but like, I I think um, I I must have come home. I must have come home to something that had happened between between Maddie and Julie and. I think I remember the story. I think it was more like yeah, you probably <laughs> see what I mean. <laughs> I think Maddie accidentally hit Caden. Oh yeah, okay. and then <laughs> oh, yeah, she yeah. apologized, and then Julie already spoke to. Ah, uh, yep. Yep. And then you came home and you full blasted. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so you remember that story. Yeah, I don't. And that's what I mean. There's so many examples. 
after that situation happened, you're like, okay, next time I got to do it better this way. But you're right. Yeah, that's, that is correct. So she, she was, she must have accidentally hit Caden or something had happened. And Julie had already mentioned and disciplined her and said sorry and apologized. But I've come into the picture not knowing mm. the context of it. Just know that she had hit Caden. Yeah. So I straight away jump in the gun and I'm like, you know, you, you shouldn't do, do that. You shouldn't do it as a baby. You know, da, da, da. He's a little baby. He doesn't know how to defend himself. Like, and then she's gone off like crying because she's now feels offended. And yeah. yeah. And then I've realized the situation. So if I've gone back and apologized to her. Like, sorry, dad. Like, yeah. I should have known better. Yeah. Maddie's point of view is probably like she said sorry, but now I'm being yelled at again. Yeah. It's like, why am I being yelled yeah. at? That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I think um, the good thing was. Julie actually came up to you and said, oh, man, you're a dick. Yeah. Like you shouldn't have yelled. <laughs> yeah. I think that communication that you guys have yeah. is really good. And that's the other thing is that the communication, the way we communicate as a couple, I mean, there's always improvement. Not saying it's perfect, yeah. but you have to communicate with each other ever more so clearly as a couple when you have kids. You know, you just can't just assume, oh, you know this, because the way I'm doing something, you know, oh, I'm, you just know that it's the way it's been done. You know, like you you have to be very somewhat clear. Sometimes it's probably better to be more clear until you actually got that proper routine where you yeah. guys know what's happening. That's so right. even if you assume that they may know that this is what I've been doing the past week, I yeah. think we were talking to Jackie in her mm. episode. I can't remember it was her, but she was like, you may have done something for the past two weeks in yeah. this way, but things change because it's like a newborn as a baby. Yeah. So right. you might have to swap your strategy again. Yeah. So you have to voice that again. You can't just be like, oh, I did that last week. Exactly. Like, why don't you? That's exactly why are you doing right. it? You know? That's exactly right. Yeah. So you have to be very uh, clear about communication strategy. And I think that's probably where, again, most of those uh, couples who end up, you know, splitting or whatever because like, after they've had kids because they realise, oh, we're not actually good communicate, miscommunication between this and that. My gut feeling is that yep. that can create a lot of that yep. layers where it wasn't previously when you're dating as a couple yeah, because it didn't really matter. Yeah. Could you share top three key takeaways that you've learned throughout your whole journey of now being a father? Ah. Like I said, the relationship as a couple, definitely that dynamic will change. Um, you know, as basically anyone who's had kids, that dynamic that you had as a couple before kids and after kids, completely different. Like the real challenge is have to work together ever so importantly as a team and you have to learn to complement with each other, and which is what I feel like our journey has gotten to and, yeah, and help each other where necessary. Um, and just sort of, you know, take each other's falls mm. because there's all, everyone has flaws, right? Mm. Flaws and no one's perfect, yeah. but it becomes even more true when there's kids. Mm. And it's also asking to like, where can I help? Or like, can I help yeah, you? Yeah, that's or right. Like that. Yeah. Try to be very open. And I think for guys, you have to be very open-minded about going into it because it is, like, I, I guess I never understood like people was like, oh, you're going to have kids. They're going to change. It's going to change your world and it's going to, I'm like, uh, yeah, maybe. And I was pretty stubborn pre-kids actually in a sense that I was always like, oh, there's certain things, are, there's certain things I always will do and I'll never change. For example, one of them is a car, like, like a car situation. Like, you know, always have to like wash it, clean it, whatever. <laughs> you know, that, and, and there are things that you keep that instilled for yourself. Because that's for your own sane, right? For your own sort of mindset and your own. But, so you value. 
Yeah, that's right. Things that things that you value, but there are certain certainly for a lot of stuff like you have to be dynamic and be very open minded. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Nice. And I got into Hot Wheels. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like hobbies, you're like a you well, just yeah, picked right. up another hobby kind well, of thing. Well, yeah. I see. The thing is, right? Yeah. So Hot Wheels, I never thought I'd be again. Right. So here's the thing. I went out looking for Hot Wheels for Maddie. So Maddie really loves Ferrari. In fact, we were at the Ferrari uh, Passion Day yesterday. Cool. I saw that. Yeah, it was awesome. She loved it. And I, I don't instill that in her. Like I like cars, but I don't instill. I we, we never show her cars or never do anything like that. But I went out looking for a Ferrari Hot Wheel, but I realized that I couldn't find any because I used to have Ferrari Hot Wheels. True. And I realized that it's because Ferrari lost the licensing. Sorry, Hot Wheels lost the licensing for Ferrari in 2014. Oh. And therefore, I couldn't find any more. And then I started doing online research. I was like, Ferrari Hot Wheels have gone up in price. And because of that too, it's become a thing with me and Maddie. Like we'll go to Big W and go to the shops and she'll know that the trade-off is that I go and look at Hot Wheels and she'll go and look at Barbies. That's cute. That's cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you yeah. develop random bonds like that. And I used to take her to car events because that's our thing. Actually, mm. additional question. So we do see that you do try your best to take your kids out with you and stuff. How do you try and keep that and also like just keep energized and just make sure that the family comes with you and not stop your life or, you know, the kids? So, yeah. So, okay. So that's very interesting. Um, you say that because pre-kids, Julie and I, when we had the discussion, we, we've always liked traveling and food and all that sort of stuff. So we've always said together as a couple that no matter if we have kids, like we, there are certain things that are just almost not negotiable. Mm. So yeah. like if we're going to go traveling, we're going to bring our kids along with us because we want them to have the same experience like as a couple, pre-kids. Even after kids, they are those should not change mm. and so we we've always thought oh, whatever we do we want to take the kids with us to yeah. have that same experience and that's why you'll see photos of us going yeah. out to different events or eating different stuff because i wish i had that yeah i like that as yeah. a kid yeah. like i didn't really have that in the upbringing because my, my dad was always busy uh, and my mum was always busy as well so we didn't really have that upbringing was julie had a completely different Mm. yeah yeah the mum and dad would always be out on the road they were like on weekends so they would drive from Canada to america in one day and you know and she, when she told me like oh you know i've been to here and here and here and i've experienced this and this and you know as a kid i went and did this and i was like oh actually that's cool i wish i had that yeah, yeah. Indeed that yeah you know and like now i'm financially capable of doing that i don't see why that's like a hard thing some people get weird about that because they go, oh, we want to go on holidays without kids. Yeah. It is difficult. Not getting me wrong. It is holidays with kids sometimes is not really a holiday. It is, it is an absolute um, – because the, the environment, the kids get all funny sometimes and they get changed and we think we value that difficulty. To make that, it work. Yeah, to yeah. make it work. Yeah. That's something that we, we appreciate because we're, we're similar to you guys in the fact that you know, we value food and traveling and cars and shit like that. Yeah. So I think like when we see you guys do those things, we're like, fuck, we, we actually really like respect that. Yeah. 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 And I think, and like, I've, like we know that it's hard for any parent to even just get the kids into the car, but it's yeah. just like you making that effort to actually bring them along and yep. just, you know, not stopping your own life. No. And still enjoying so it. That's right. Know? And we've always said that we want them to evolve into our life. I know it sounds selfish, mm. but we don't want them to run our lives. Yeah. 
because we're the adult. So yeah, we're, we're going to make changes for sure, but we learned ways to just take them along. And mm. so we traveled, even for Maddie was quite young. Um, we were always on the road and stuff. Like just give her different exposure. And I think that's why she don't mind coming along and she says she loves holidaying, but who, which, which kid doesn't, right? I mean, yeah. like, which kid doesn't like holidaying? And, and to be honest, like, we almost spoilt her for that. And I always tell my mom and dad, I'm like, this generation of kids that are growing up are going to be way better than when we were growing up. Of course, mm. yeah. I think it's good because they get that social interaction, it, whether or not they're actually talking to someone, but yeah. they're out there and just seeing the world. Yeah, so that's I think right. that's good. And a lot of people, I mean, that's a trend now these days, right? People, I've got workmates who uh, took a caravan and, and went around Australia for six months. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 wow. yeah there's heaps. Heaps of people now that do that. Like they go mm. on these massive trips. Recently, another workmate of mine, she just took her kids and her husband around the world. Oh, wow. wow. It was like a solid six months. And, and I think it gives like kids a bit of that exposure of the worldly. Yeah, the different cultures. Different cultures. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I think we, I know, I think we will always try to do our best to, to instill that as much as we can. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's come to the end of our episode. Eddie, thanks for joining us That's because right. yeah, you've really shed a lot of light about There's fatherhood. It's probably way too much, but anyway. No, it's <laughs> never too much. Yeah, it's never too much. We, we really appreciate you coming on. No worries. Thank yeah, you very much. Like, Thanks for the invite. A lot of uh, males out there who are probably going through the same thing. I think uh, so. Yeah. And I don't talk about it, right? So mm. you know, it's a very taboo thing. But I, I think it's important for guys to realize. Yeah, and had to like shed the light. For sure. And I've had, um, do you remember Pravik? Yes. Yeah, so Pravik's having a baby. Yeah, right. So I chatted to him. I said, oh, congrats and stuff. And he's, I think he told me it was like, he was like, oh, I don't know. You know, like it's the same. It's the same. And I can, and I can see that mentality again. I'm like, it's this whole, you're getting to this cliff phase and you don't know what is coming. And for people that are very much like the plan, you don't know what's coming. Mm. It's very scary, daunting Mm. thought, right? So I just said to him, I said, look, if you, if you need help, you just reach out. Some people tell you, oh, this is a breeze, but it's not. Is not the reality is it is tough work, right? Yeah. So I just said to him, I said, look, like I can, I can do my best to assist, you know, whether it's mentally or like emotionally, or yeah. or even just like telling you where to go to buy stuff, yeah, buy gear and heaps of stuff. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. almost this is this is gonna be a funny story. <laughs> I'll keep it short, but love a funny the story. The first time we found, so we found out we we're pregnant, and then we were obviously shopping for gear, right? The first time I walked in baby bunting ever, I walk in there. Within like five minutes, I walked out because we were looking at prams and it was just like, oh, yeah, this does this and this does this. Oh, click this, click that. Like it was just 10,000 things going on. And I'm like walking around and I'm like looking at all the, all the, the cots and, uh, you know, trying to decide. Like there's just almost excessive amount. There's a big market for baby gear, right? Yeah. And there's almost this excessive amount. And guys, I think guys get really overwhelmed. It's like just like I was so overwhelmed. I walked out. I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I've never done that. Like I walked in and I literally was like, I got a, I, she was like halfway showing me how this pram works. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm going to go. And she's like, oh, you don't want to see her? I'm like, no, I'm all good. I'm going to come back another day. And I just, I left because wow. I was like, this is way overwhelming. Like wow. you don't know, you don't know where you, you don't know. And I, like I said, I'm the youngest in the family. You don't know where to go, right? You never touch these baby gear. Yeah. And you'll, and they oversell you on all these stuff. You re- the reality is, you do you don't, really need you know, that stuff? Eh? 
we appreciate good stuff too, but like we try to keep things very minimalistic because I know that kids grow out of stuff very quickly. Yeah. But one of the best things we got actually is a travel pram. Uh, so we actually have two prams. Wait, what's the difference yeah, between a normal so, pram and a travel pram? So our normal pram, which is, you know, Thule, you know that brand that Sweden yeah. Tourism brand? Yeah. So yeah. it's made by Thule. True. Um, and it's like like big compartment down, down the bottom. You can sort, and you can put like um, capsules like when they're really, really young, you mm. can't put them in a seat. Mm. They have to lay down, right? So uh, it yeah. comes with a little like capsule thing, all that. But a travel pram is literally like a fold out fold into like a little almost like a little box and it's light so it's like uh five six kilos and you can put that on board on the airplane oh, whereas wow. on the, when i was on that whereas the other pram like you'd have it's to like put that with a normal luggage and, and it's bulky yeah, yeah. so our initial plan was like fifteen hundred dollars like, holy wow. crap yeah car gear i'm telling you <laughs> like i'm telling you like it's for fifteen hundred dollars for that like and we got some use out of it and they sell you on the stuff like the wheels are made out of like bubbles or i don't know fairy, fairy tales <laughs> stuff and you and because as, as a first time parent you're like oh yeah i want my baby to sleep really well and you know yeah, like, you want the best you want the you. best right so you're like yes yeah, right i'll i'll spend money on this uh but actually we realized that that is not practical when we're traveling so as a travel couple as, as a couple that do a lot of traveling or go out everywhere we find that very bulky and we couldn't take that with us yeah far around. so we ended up buying a traveling pram it was expensive so that was like a 700 dollars pram but we probably got more use out of that than we did on the initial one nice you know what i mean it's like stuff like that people don't tell you when you get there you're like okay i gotta make these decisions but like you know and no one was like oh yeah don't get this get this so that's why for Pravik, i said hey if you need help or if you need it's advice on advice on stuff yeah. and i think for guys it's it's always hard to ask for advice but just be very open-minded <laughs> yeah the world will change. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. It's too, it's too, there's way too many stories. Nah, stories <laughs> are the best though. Oh, yeah. And it's, it is a journey. It's a journey, right? As I say the same, like I don't, I don't ever regret it, but certainly there are times where I'm like, oh my God, we could have been so much better with just a couple. Yeah. <laughs> you know, without kids. But I know that there are joys to it. So like, you know, when there are certain snip- snippets during the day, when you hang out with them, when you're like, oh, yeah, okay. I see, I see why people have kids. Yeah, there's like mm. a massive transition between like you're testing my patience yep. and also like, oh, this is really nice. Yep. You know, like have yep. a little companion, a little like mini me. Yep. And, you know, it's a different feeling like when I go to the shops with Maddie, you know, and she's like holding my hand and stuff. Like it's a yeah, different feeling than if you're like walking a dog. Yeah. Mm. That's cute. That's yeah. awesome. I love that story. <laughs> That's a good story. Love yeah. your insight and your story. Too many insights for me. <laughs> All right, well, thank you again. No worries. So if anyone's expecting a kid and is a father-to-be, this one's a really good one and lots to digest. Yeah, lots of information. And once again, guys, thank you for tuning in and we will catch you in the next one. Goodbye. Thank you so much for joining us and tuning in to this episode. If you're loving this podcast, please hit the follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to. Ding, ding. It would mean the world to us if you could give us a star rating and feedback so we can continue to improve on bringing better content to you. Yeah, yeah.
If you found this episode helpful in any way, or you know someone who'd need this, please share it with them as we're all about helping each other out. Don't forget we love listening to your ideas too, so make sure you share any topics that you'd like us to cover or questions you might have to our Instagram with the handle Ask the Joy Podcast. Slide it into our DMs, baby. Bigger, bigger. You can stay in the loop of all the behind the scenes or the release of our new episodes there too. All right, that's it for now. And we'll see you back here for our next episode. Bye. Bye.